Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. And this is always one of my personal favorite shows. We are joined by the great Dane Brugler, NFL draft analyst extraordinaire, now with The Athletic. He is the best in the business. And I guarantee you, by the end of the show, once again, he will prove that. Dane, how goes it? Good morning, Dan. It's, uh, we're it's almost the end of January, which is crazy. I mean, we're we're on the coming up with the All Star Game season with the East West Shrine Senior Bowl. Then the Combine will be here before we know it, and workouts, pro days, and then it'll be draft weekend. So we got we got a lot to cover uh, over the next few months. It'll, it'll be fun to see how things fluctuate. It's an interesting draft class, um, you know, and obviously it starts the intrigue starts with the quarterbacks uh, in Strouds right there at the top now. Dane has four children, and he has let his wife and kids know he will not see them until the day after the draft. Yep. So let's start at the top. We are just going to go through the draft-eligible Buckeyes. I'm going to try and keep them in order. Dane has done a mock draft that was premium for the athletic. And as we go through this, he will let you know where he thinks the guys might go and uh, what he's hearing. And the information is coming fast and furious. Obviously, he's already alluded to it. C.J. Stroud at the top. Very interesting uh, last couple months for C.J. in that I feel like, uh, you know, his his Q rating was, was lower than maybe it should have been. Then he put forth, you know, clearly the best all-around performance of his career in the uh, playoff, especially given the opponent. And now he's in the mix with several other quarterbacks. I will say this, very interesting draft in that uh, 
Bryce Young of Alabama and Will Levis of Kentucky, I believe, are the other two quarterback prospects in contention for the top spot. You could not get three more different quarterbacks, physical types, uh, anything into one room at one time. So this is really uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. 100%. That's exactly right. Go from team to team. You might have a different quarterback number one in this class. Uh, You might have a different order of one, two, three, and I'd even put four in there with Anthony Richardson, who is as toolsy as you could possibly want, just really, really raw as a quarterback. So, you know, it's going to be interesting how each each team stacks these quarterbacks. And I, the interview process will be a big part of this. Once coaches get involved, that'll be a big part of this. And we have several teams in the top 10 that we know need a quarterback. You're starting uh, with the Texans at number two, uh, the Colts at number four, the Seahawks are a possibility, depending on how they feel about Geno Smith. Uh, you know, you've got the Panthers there at nine, the Raiders at seven. And a couple other teams just outside the top 10 who could potentially make a move to go up and get one. So it will be very interesting, these quarterback uh, musical chairs in the top 10. And CJ's right there in the mix. I mean, you you said it with the, with the Peach Bowl performance against Georgia. Saved his best for last. Uh, there, and it, just for him to go out there and play as well as he did, even though it was a loss, play as well as he did on that stage against probably the, one of the better defenses he has ever faced in his life. Uh, it, it just, it was a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, you know, even watching the tape the next day, just really, really impressive. And, you know, my biggest issue with Stroud going leading up into that game was the fact that he's a really, really good passer, uh, from the pocket. He can carve you up very accurate, but it's in the NFL, you have to be not just a pass, you have to be a creator. And he wasn't consistently a creator over his time at Ohio state. Well, you throw in that Georgia tape and that makes you, oh, well, maybe he could do this. And look, you could, you know, tell me, we, we could talk about that long run he had against Northwestern, go back to his red shirt year when he had that long run against Michigan State. It's never that he was a bad athlete, but there's a big difference between being comfortable and uh, as, a, as a scrambler. And, uh, you know, there's so many zone reads where he's not even thinking about running. The, de- the defense isn't respecting his legs at all. And, you know, I, having all this time to prepare for Georgia, if he just took a different mindset towards using his legs, because that was the big difference between what he did uh, in that game compared to his, uh, you know, previous two years uh, at Ohio State. So, you know, and, and it's true in the numbers. It's not just the tape. His first 27 games with the Buckeyes, he had one missed tackle, one. Against Georgia, he had three. I mean, it's just so how do you – take this one game and wait, wait it against this, uh, you know, the, the body of work that he put on tape, the majority of his career. Does this mean that he's going to be comfortable moving forward with this, you know, being more of a dual threat and taking the yardage if it's there, uh, you know, moving around in the pocket to make that first man miss. If all of a sudden that's going to be part of his game, that changes the evaluation a little bit. And so uh, it's going to be a really interesting thing to see these teams as they, stack these or these quarterbacks uh Bryce Young to me is the best just quarterback in this draft but he's a complete outlier size-wise I mean he's going to be 5'10 and change 190 pounds and we've never seen a quarterback like that go in the first round we we, in especially this modern era the last 20-25 years it's very very rare um so not every team's going to be on board with Bryce Young uh especially in the top five top 10 picks uh, and then Will Levis has every uh, physical trait that you could possibly want, 
but his accuracy is hit and miss. He's, uh, you know, just needs to see things a little bit quicker. Um, but Will Levis is really well liked because of, you know, well, once our coaches get our hands on him, just wait. And so there's a lot of thought with him. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But I do think there's uh, it'll be surprising if C.J. Stroud does not end up in the top 10 somewhere to a team like the Panthers, the Raiders, uh, you know, the Colts, uh, one of those teams. How much do you think the NFL evaluators use the current situations when they make these evaluations? Because as I look at it, there's some real, I mean, you can't ever do apples to apples comparisons with individuals because everyone's their own prospect, but we just went through this with Tua and, and Justin Herbert. And I don't care what anyone tells me. I don't remember hearing very many people and, I, and I'm a draft nerd. I don't remember hearing very many people saying they would have taken Herbert over Tua. Um, I guess there were a few, but I don't remember anyone like making that there, you know, Mm -hmm. to stand on and clearly now if you were to do it Herbert would be picked you know well before Tua and I get what everyone's saying about Bryce Young but I had a physical yesterday I'm 5'10 195 okay not to say that uh, my NFL career is done Dane Uh, you don't have to swap me for this draft thankfully thankfully but that's just CJ is also like kind of a late bloomer he was a late bloomer in high school Mm -hmm. if you look at him physically he's gotten he hasn't I don't know if CJ has gotten his old man strength yet like you know I'm not I'm gonna get a graphic but guys butts get big and they just thicken out when you get about 23 24 years old to me when CJ hits that stretch he's going to be physically kind of your ideal quarterback he's going to be six foot three 220 pounds you know what I mean? And he is mm-hmm. as accurate as you can get. I mean, there's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. So yep. here's my question. I think if people, not you, but most people I've I've seen with the emergence of Justin Fields is that I'm not sure how many people really pay close attention to college football and pro football. Because I think if you ask the average NFL fan, they would think Justin Fields ran the option at Ohio State. Okay. He was not a runner at Ohio State. They had no. games at at, at whole games where he didn't have a design run mm-hmm. entire game plans. So things change. You know what I'm saying? You got to do what you got to do. And quarterback, I'm so confident of this. And you know, this more than anyone is such a dependent position for most guys on where you go. Dwayne Haskins, God rest his soul, went to the worst possible situation for him on planet earth. Okay. Coming from the most structured environment ever to the least structured, least. So to me, it's so much, so much where they go. Oh yeah. Except for obviously the Joe Burrows of the world who can go anywhere and have that special moxie. Mm -hmm. I'll help you to give them three all pro wide receivers, but I digress. So how much of that is beauty in the eye of the beholder? Like Will Levis, there's no earth on which I could see someone picking Will Levis over CJ Stroud. But then what am I looking at then? Well, because, you know, I think we look at projection and, you know, with CJ, again, it goes back to what he put on that uh, Georgia tape. Is that the new CJ Stroud or, you know, is that just, uh, you know, is that a one time thing? You know, it's the fact that if you did it once, I know you could do it and just but can you do it consistently and are you comfortable doing it consistently? Because, you know, I, I think that, you know, each player is different. And with Fields, uh, you know, he and. And even going back to high school with CJ Stroud, he's never been a runner. That's that's never he's always been a pocket passer, uh, a guy that does not want to run the run the ball. 
can he just be a little more creative with his legs? Because in the NFL, 60% of the time, the play does not go as planned. You have to move your feet. You have to, uh, you know, come off your read and extend uh, the play and, and buy time and, uh, you know, go off schedule. And so can you do that at a high level and be comfortable doing it? I That's where the projection is with C.J. Stroud. Yes, he did it against Georgia. And, I mean, that's why he's my number two quarterback behind Bryce Young uh, over Will Levis. But I think some teams will look at it and say, you know what, we're just not confident that he's able to do it. And, and so that's why, you know, they might opt for Levis over Stroud. That's how it's what I had in my mock draft. Um, and, and again, it's not what I would do, but I would not be surprised at all if that's how teams feel. Uh, but it, it's, you know, I, I agree with you what you said about from the pocket. He is so accurate. He, his reads pre and post snap are outstanding. Uh, he can carve you up. Um, you know, we will, something that is tough with quarterback evaluation is removing them from the situation. And okay, let's just say you, you switch CJ Stroud and Will Levis. How do those two situations play out? Because Kentucky, that offense, how many, uh, you know, players on a Kentucky offense are starting at Ohio state? Probably zero. Uh, you know, the, the play caller, they had a brand new play caller this year already fired, you know, it's just not even, the offense is even, was a train wreck. And, and so when you start doing this and, 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 you know, when you try to stack these quarterbacks and, and compare and contrast, uh, that these are the exercises that you do in your head. And it's, it's really tough to, to figure out because of just, uh, you know, there's so many variables involved. And, and so, uh, and that's what quarterback remains and will always be the toughest position to evaluate because, you know, each team, each, each quarterback is asked to do something differently they have different talent around them. They face different levels of competition. And college is just a very different game than the NFL. So uh, that's why NFL teams, they draft traits. And C.J. Stroud has very good traits, uh, but so does Will Levis. And, and so that, that's where, you know, we're going to get differing uh, opinions on the order of these quarterbacks. I just find it interesting that people pick and choose when they want to apply that stuff. Like two of his receivers were as good as uh, any receivers ever. And I hear people saying, oh, who did C.J. Stroud throw to? He's, his receivers in the NFL aren't going to be as good as his college receivers. Mm, yeah. No, I, I, I think that's fair. And that's – that quarterback, it's a very uh, – you know, people want to put, uh, you know, analytics with them. And and, and I, I do think there are some metrics that help, um, you know, explain quarterback prospects and, and, and how that, that will translate. But it's still – it's just – it's a very – intangible base position and so much of it is the mentality and that's why I, another reason that I think CJ helped himself uh, against Georgia uh, was not just the movements and to be able to create it was the poise that he showed it was uh, the fact that they were in it until the end and you know if they don't lose Marvin Harrison they probably win that game so you know it was uh, you know a, a lot of the mental fortitude that you wanted to see from a quarterback on a stage like that against an opponent like that so I, that's something that will really help Stroud as well. And, and you know, I, I I do really like C.J. Stroud. I I just I love Bryce Young, and you know I I'm he might not last in the NFL because of that size. It's a very realistic possibility. I'm just I'm going to bet on the guy that I think is just a better quarterback, and you know we'll find out how the size holds up. But yeah, C.J. Stroud, there's no reason why he shouldn't be a long-term starter in the NFL. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to watch. I do think that uh, Tua's concussion issues could end up uh, hurting Bryce Young, but who knows? Beauty's in the eye of the holder. And like you said, it's only one team that has to pick him. So 
Speaking of beauty being in the eye of the beholder, I don't think he'll be the next player picked for Ohio State, but I think the next most interesting discussion is that of Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. I went back and looked, Dane. You had Jackson, Smith, and Jigba rated 17th before the season. So you are free of persecution from me. Most guys are now dropping him into the mid to late 20s behind receivers that I know for a fact that he is better than. Unless you think the soft soft tissue hamstring injury is lingering, it's been proven to us that a year off is not detrimental to these guys. The, Mm -hmm. The pandemic year showed us that, if anything, that Jamar Chases and the Micah Parsons of the world seem to be doing just fine. Um, what do you make of this? I'm not sure you're high on as high on Jackson as I was in the first place. Uh, what do you make of where he will end up? Most people have him in the 20s right now, mm-hmm. as I see. And I think it's realistic to think he would have been top 15 had he had uh, not gotten hurt. So maybe take us through what you think of him as a player, how you judge a season-ending injury like that, how you judge the fact that the guys came before him and after him are so good, context, et cetera. Yeah, and, and I really like Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, I, but is he on the same level as Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave as prospects? I, no, I don't think so. And that's not to say that and, and you can say these th- those two things together, that you really like him, think he's a good player, just not on the same level as those two guys. Because those both those guys, I, I think they both hit 1,000 yards uh, as rookies. Time ever. Yeah, I mean, that's just it's, – it's a rare, rare thing. Um, and, with, with, and people will say, oh, well, he had more production – that, that, that means not that doesn't mean a lot that he had more production than those two guys uh teams don't draft production that's not what translate production doesn't translate to the nfl traits translate and while i do really like smith and jigba i've also seen linebackers catch up to him and chase him down i've seen um you know working from the slot getting a lot of favorable looks against safeties and linebackers and just being able to destroy coverage over the middle of the field uh, with, especially with so much attention being paid to Olave and Wilson. So this is going to be a big year for Smith and Jigba to, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm still guessing he would have been primarily a slot receiver, um, but maybe we would have seen him a little bit more on the outside. Um, and, you know, we still would have had Marvin Harrison and Buka, you know, drawing coverage. Um, so I don't know how much we would have learned from that. You know, he's, he's going to be playing with big time receivers no matter what, but he's still a really good player because he's a crafty route runner and he's got really good ball skills. You have those two things, you're going to play in the NFL for a long time. So it's just a matter of, you know, because, okay, so for example, let's take TCU's Quinton Johnston. Um, TCU's Quinton Johnston and Smith and Jigba will be ranked together as wide receivers in this class. They're two completely different guys with what they're asked to do. One's Smith and Jigba is a slot receiver. Quinton Johnston's an outside guy that's 6'4, 215, can win vertically. Um, so even though like they're going to be stacked and, you know, they're going to be in, in the same mock draft. They're two, they play almost two very different positions. And so it's 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 hard to really look at those two guys as and comparing them apples to apples. So uh now Jordan Addison's a little, you know, from USC, he's a little bit different because I think he can do inside outside, but maybe another guy that you like better inside. Um so but Smith and Jigba, I, I think that it's easy to forget how good he was last year. Um, I will say that not every team is super high on him. I, I you know, I've, some teams have third round grades on him. Um, just because they don't value, you know, they almost view running or uh, slot receiver as running back, you know, well, where I got to call timeout on that. That's, that's borderline insulting to Brian. Nope. Hartley. 
No, I'm well, telling you, Kane. Yeah, that's the truth. And, and, and but again, again, it's because they view slot receiver as like a running back, where we feel like we can draft or find a slot receiver later on, not as good as Smith and Jigba, but someone that could fill that role. And so for he's just not going to be highly highly ranked for every team. And so you know, and that's again not what I think, um, I but know. just you know, sharing the message there. Uh, it, it's it's um, you know. The injury with what he did last year with that supporting cast, it does complicate things uh, so, to somewhat. Uh, but in it, I think it's also a wide receiver class that is viewed as not top heavy. It's not like last year. We had six go in the top 23 picks or something like that. Um, you know, we might have two or three receivers go first round this year. Uh, none of them are locks. I would not call any of these receivers a just a lock for the first round. Um, and I think there's a very good chance Jordan Addison goes, a uh, very good chance Smith and Jigba goes, uh, Quentin Johnston too, but I wouldn't call any of them locks um, because a lot of teams look at the value as being in the second round, third round this year at getting a wide receiver and say, oh, we'll, we'll get our corner in the first or we'll get our tackle. Um, so it, it'll be it'll be a really interesting thing to track throughout the process if that changes at all, how teams view it. Um it's not a great wide receiver class in free agency. Will that change how teams think? So, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting conversation with Smith and Jigba. When you talk about his speed, do you have a particular play in mind when he got caught? Um, uh, the Penn State game last year, uh, maybe it was Brandon Smith. who was, was a good, uh, speedy linebacker. He, uh, he, he, he tracked them down. Um, there was another one. I know which one you're thinking of. Is it the Nebraska one where he scores the touchdown and he gets hit in the end zone? That that might've been it. I have to look back at my notes. Yeah. That I wrote down and I followed. That's Jojo Doman. Yeah. Who's basically safety. Yeah. Who starts in the NFL. Yeah. He, he he was, he's basically a a nickel player for Nebraska. Um, I mean, but I'm saying, and the other guy that tracked him down in that game also starts in the NFL. As a yeah. rookie, fifty-seven, whatever his name was, I can't remember. And and, and I'm, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and run a four-seven, but if he goes out and runs, say a four-five-six, that's something that could you know uh, potentially hurt him in terms of going as early as you know some think he should go. Uh, you know, it's it's a stopwatch position uh, that the forty-yard dash will matter for teams and the wide receiver position. So um, now, I, again, I think that he is so good as a route runner that I'm I'm perfectly okay with him running a four or five and still drafting him uh you know somewhere in the first round but uh you know it's uh it's not not every team's gonna feel that way very interesting also because you got an interview with the three you know Garrett and uh, Chris and Jackson sitting there and I know it's just another player giving praise but Garrett even says out loud I thought I was the best receiver I'd ever seen until I saw Jackson and then both those guys go in the league and get a thousand yards. So he may not be what uh, everyone thinks, but he's going to be man. I'll tell you this: when the ball goes in the air and it's thrown to one of your players, you get this feeling in your heart whether they're going to catch it or not. Mm-hmm. Smith and Jigba may be number one on my list. Where I'm like, he's going to catch it. Yeah, it used to be Garrett Wilson. <clears throat> but I think Smith and Jigba was more confident. Anyway, yeah. he digressed. That was a lot on those two. Yeah. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's get to uh, a guy I think is going to rise. And uh, whatever the apex of what he may be picked is going to happen once they do interviews and do the research. And that is Paris Johnson Jr. To me, I would hire him to work for Bucknuts tomorrow. I'm serious. This is as well-rounded an individual human being. As He's got a journalism get. degree, right? Intimidating to me that someone this age could be this mature and just focused on life. Whereas yeah. at my at that age, I was an absolute mess. So I don't see a physical. I don't even remember Paris Johnson Jr. really playing this year. I'll be honest with you. I don't really remember it. I can't really tell you a play where he got beat that cleanly that it bothered me. Um, there, there was just one player. Great player. It, 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 really, just that one play against Georgia. Uh, that was like the only one the entire yeah, year. Now the rookie got him. Yeah, the yeah the freshman. It was just like, or I mean, but that, I, I, I mean, that guy's a pro. Oh God, yeah. I mean, that, he he's gonna be a stud. But I mean, it's. Uh, as a tackle, that's what you want. You know, you want to be the unknown. You want to, you don't want attention on you. You just want to go out there and do your job. And that's what Paris Johnson did consistently. I mean, he's, I even, I mean, he's not a, a perfect player by any means. His issues, they're all fixable. It, it's all inexperience based and right. not, you know, based on ability. So, you know, I mean, he's a natural left tackle. Um, you know, it, it was good to see him go back to that position this year and kind of just, you know, like riding a bike, just, just looked really natural there. Yep. So, um, again, I think that, you know, his hands, they'll get wide at times, uh, needs to just trust his technique, 
sometimes he'll re revert to some bad habits instead of and just abandon those fundamentals instead of just focusing on what he's been coached to do. So it's just a matter of repetition, repetition, repetition. He'll get there. But again, the fluidity for a big man like that, the the mobility, his uh, he's such a gifted player, uh, gifted athlete. Um, and he's still, you know, getting better and better. Uh, yeah, I, I, you mentioned the the mentality, the the way he processes things. I think he's going to be uh, a really good pro, and he, he's right there in the mix to be uh, the first. If I had a if I had to make a bet on it today, I would say he will be the first yeah, offensive lineman drafted. No, absolutely. <clears throat> what Dane's referring to is, I believe the competition is with uh, Peter Skoronsky of yeah. Northwestern. And I'm sorry, there is no way someone's going to take – no way to stretch. I don't think someone will take a player with measurables that are clearly not desirable in the first pick. When there's a guy – there's no risk factor in Paris Johnson. I'm not saying he's going to be a 10-time mm -hmm. All-Pro, but he's a borderline guarantee without injury that he's going to be a starting left tackle for a decade. Yeah. I don't know if you can say that about Skaronsky. We've seen guys – the last guy picked yeah. like Skaronsky was Brandon Scherf. Right. Well, and I, I think the only if you think that Peter Skaronsky is Zach Martin, then I think, you know, that, that that's the only scenario I see where you're, you're taking him over Paris Johnson, because I Skaronsky is awesome. I mean, I, I, love I think Zach Martin now. Yeah, I, I but I think that, you know, I his best ceiling in the NFL is going to be inside a guard. And so if you if you feel like he has that type of trajectory, then you'll take him top 10, plug him in a guard and feel great about that. But if you're looking specifically for a left tackle. Uh, it, it'd be hard to pass on Paris Johnson. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, all right, let's go here. Next up, our fourth prospect. Interesting. Do you think it will be, and you take who, let's just go two in a row here. I'll give you a choice. You do one or the other and then follow it up. Defensive end, Zach Harrison. Right tackle, Dewan Jones. Well, it's interesting that you put these two guys together because they're both tough guys to – really figure out because they, they have, you know, clear uh, physical traits that set them apart. Zach Harrison with as long as he is, as uh, the speed is ridiculous. Um, he's not a guy that is, uh, you know, he's, he's unrefined as a, as a pass rusher. He's, he, he's leggy. He's not going to bend the edge, but that length, it, it just, that, that, that helps him get home and, and disrupt the pocket. Um, I, I see him as a player that's going to be in the NFL for a long time. Might never, probably never makes a Pro Bowl, anything like that. But you want him part of your rotation, uh, both on the edge and then on the inside. He gives you something, and, and I, th I don't think he's done. Uh, it, it, something interesting with both these guys. I think they're both they're both seniors, but I think they're both August birthdays. So they're you know like twenty one years old. Yeah, young and still growing and learning. Uh, Dewan Jones. He's a complete outlier in terms of the the size, how big he is, but still being able to move. I mean, he is not a slug uh, with the way he moves. And so uh, now can he hold up against Von Miller in space? That's going to be tough uh, going up against some of the speed rushers that the NFL has. But he ha he's so wide that he does make it difficult on them, uh, even if he is a little bit late to redirect and stay balanced. So uh, both these guys are complicated prospects. They will be loved by some, not loved, but liked a lot by some teams. And then just not even really considered by others because the, some of the things about their profile worries them. But I think both are going to go on day two and, and both have a chance to be uh, starters in this league. So day two for those uh, who haven't kept up to speed, Thursday night's your first round. 
then day two is second and third round. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you're talking about the top 100. Um, right. And that's that's it seems to me like you've that's become a distinction for you is like first three days, uh, first two days, top 100, and then everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, I'll tell you what about Harrison. Do you and you know this because of your Ohio ties? He is going to obliterate the combine. Like there's going to be a segment on NFL Network where they come back from commercial and you have Harrison running that, uh, what is that, that, which by the way, I could watch for three hours and pick out different guys to run the 40 against each other from history. Yeah. He's going to outrun everybody. I mean, at 265, he's going to be a track star. You know what I'm saying? He knows how to run and knowing how to run the 40 is probably good for getting you under four or five just on technique. So, and he looks like, he literally looks like a Marvel character. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He literally does. He's got like the tiny waist. And so do you think it's possible that someone could go gaga and just oh. absolutely. And we start with like the 19th pick that, you know what I'm saying? Something bizarre like that. I mean, I, nothing surprises me in the draft really. I mean, with a guy that is going to be 265 pounds run somewhere, uh, you know, the over under on his 40 might be like a four, five, three. Which is I think just, he's going sub four or five. Yeah, and, and, and it's just ridiculous that we're even talking about that. Uh, but and, and you factor in the length and also that he got better as a senior. Um, being a five star, you know, obviously you're put under a microscope and you're just critiqued from the you know as a freshman and the moment you get out there and you know he's been beat up pretty good the last four years as maybe not living up to being that five star guy. But I thought you you saw him get better each year and you know he. Again, having that those long arms, thirty six inch, long, and that's why length matters. Some of the, some of those fumble uh, fumbles force that he had, uh, if his arms are just thirty four inches, he's not uh, creating those fumbles, and that that just changes things and changes how you uh, how you block him and what you're doing with your protection. So yeah, I, nothing would surprise me, but um, I think there's a better chance he goes on day two. But sure, with those traits, if a coach says just get him on my team, we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, I don't think the first round's impossible. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying I think it will happen. Sure. But if you were looking in history at guys that does happen too, mm-hmm. Harrison would fit into that mold completely because he's, you've heard Dane say about traits. There are no better traits than a six foot six, 265 guy running sub four or five. How many people on the earth are like that? Literally a handful. There's a kid named Nicholas Harbor who's being recruited right now who's a track star out of D.C. who looks just the same, and there are colleges camping out in front of his house. So um, let's move on. Perhaps the most interesting decision to draft nerds, of course, like me, Luke Whipler, center. Believe it or not, center is an Ohio State calling card now. Two of the better ones out there, guys getting paid, guys who last in the NFL. Uh, of course, we're talking about Corey Lindsley and Josh Myers, the latest. Smart guys. Uh, Whipler was a true center. He came here to play center. He's got uh, that New Jersey personality, um, very much a leader and a take charge type. That said, surprising he left a little bit. Um, he's good enough, but uh, he probably would have had a chance to be maybe a day two guy had he come back next year. I don't think he will be now. Give us what you think on Luke Whipler, uh, his decision, and where you think he might end up. 
Yeah, and I was surprised too. Um, I, I don't think he's like a top 100 type of guy. He's more of a day three player. Um, Maybe throughout the process he can get into the fourth, fifth round. Um, but, you know, I he, he's a guy that plays tall, you know, so his center of gravity is a little bit off, can be knocked off balance. Um, even in space, I, I wish he was more controlled. So he's a, he's a solid player, draftable, but um, – no, I mean, I, I, I don't think that he's – so my positional rankings, my top 15 at each position came out today on The Athletic, and I grouped guard and center together, interior offensive line, and he came in at number 10 um, okay. among that group. So, you know, he, he's a guy that has next-level ability, but there's you don't look at his tape and say, oh, that's a definite NFL starter. So a little surprised he came out, but uh, we'll see how he does throughout the process and if he can help himself. How about Ronnie Hickman? Ronnie was a uh... – a guy who declared early. Mm-hmm. He played a lot of football at Ohio State. Um, if anything, he's kind of a hybridy, you know, like uh, he's almost a triple combination of a corner and a safety and a linebacker. He played kind of the, you know, it depends on where you went to high school. We called it the Falcon. Some people call it the Bandit. You've seen it called the Joker in some other spots or the, the Animal. It's kind of that hybrid safety spot. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's a safety in the NFL? Is he a hybrid player? Is he a special teamer? I don't think he's fast enough to play corner. Yeah, no, but he, he's fast. I mean, especially as a safety, I, I think that, um, I, you know, I, with him, there was just so many almost plays on right. his tape. You know, like there was uh, a, a play against on the Georgia that's flashing in my mind where it should have been a pick six, should have been. It was close. Um, but he's just, he's very conservative, too conservative where, you know, he doesn't have, like, you look at how like PFF grades him, or, you know, like you see him, how there's talk about a telecast and, oh, he doesn't give up a lot of catches. He doesn't, uh, have a lot of missed tackles. It's it's because he plays so conservative. And so you also look at the, uh, you know, interception numbers or the passive defendant numbers. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of those big plays because he, he doesn't try to, you know, it's, it's not a, he doesn't go after them very much. And so um, I want to see him react a half second sooner, take more chances. And I think that even though that might mean giving up a play or two, he's still going to make more plays. Um, but I think this is a guy that is, he takes good angles in the run game, finds that quickest route from A to B. Um, he's a, a, a really solid tackler, gets low, wide base, wraps, finishes, uh, doesn't have, I think, ideal bulk on his frame, but he, he has a good frame. So he's going to continue to to get bigger. Um, he's a good athlete in space, pedal, redirect, drive. Um, so there, there's a lot about him that I like. Uh, just I, the mentality, I think. And, and maybe that was coached into him where they, they wanted him to be a conservative player and, you know, kind of just you know bend but don't break. Uh, with that mentality, I don't know. But I'm, I'm eager to see him at the Senior Bowl, um, to see him out there moving in space, turn, run, see how he holds up in coverage. So that, that'll be a big week for them down there in Mobile. All right, people. For you real bucknutters, this is going to be some fun here. We're going to do Dane Brugler trivia on Dane Brugler. Oh, gosh. We've been fortunate that Dane's been on the show very uh, several years in a row. He just gave an evaluation of Ronnie Hickman that was virtually identical to an evaluation he gave on a Buckeye of the last five or six years, maybe five years. And I would like Dane to guess his own evaluation. Who was it? 
Um, okay, let's, let's see. I'm t- Ohio State safeties, not Malik Cooker, obviously. Um, buh, 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 buh. Oh, man, I'm blanking. Who are the Ohio State safeties the last five, six years? You said about this player that you wish he had done more. He didn't fire off quite as much. He was in position and didn't make the plays. And uh, Jordan Fuller? Jordan Fuller. Yeah, okay. And how did Jordan Fuller do in the NFL? Yeah. He was the yeah. captain of the St. Oh, Louis. Good God. I'm hey, old he used to be. <laughs> the LA, LA team. Yeah. Um, very similar player, by the way. And yeah. so I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because literally, I'm telling you, I'm going to, I couldn't do the video, but you could cut and paste the name Fuller and Hickman into your evaluation there. Mm-hmm. And so if we're just looking yeah. at precedence and the fact that I just stumped Dane on his own material is going to be the high point of this show. Believe me, that's going to bother him, people. Hey, no, it, will. I, I, I do like Hickman. I mean, I, I graded him. I think he's right now he's at my number five safety in my rankings. Uh, five Where or does six, that so- land you draft wise? borderline borderline top 100 you know okay. like it maybe sneaks into the top 100 but yeah late third early fourth so and that's to start the process we'll see how he does at the senior bowl uh you know how he does at the combine things like that if that maybe switches or changes things a little bit but where we where we're starting is a pretty good place to start all right the rest of the guys there's i have down uh cam brown teron vincent tanner McAllister. Oh. Da, da. do you see any more guarantees a stretch, but guys you really think will be on an NFL roster. I think Cam Brown has a shot. Um, I, this season, obviously I did not go uh, how he planned. Um, I, I think he struggles to play through contact too much. Uh, I, he, he'll track the ball, but then he's inconsistent making plays on the ball. Um, I, I he needs to be a better tackler. I mean, most of my notes are not, not great uh, with Cam Brown, but if he goes out there and runs well, which he, he probably will, uh, he's got a chance to get drafted, and uh, you know we'll see what he could do uh, in training camp. Um, you know, McAllister, he, he's he had a nice nice season coming over from Oklahoma State, um, but I don't think there's enough there for him to get drafted. But maybe he'll uh, you know prove me wrong there. Um, both the defensive tackles, they, you know, they had their flashes, uh, but I just don't know if they did enough to, uh, you know, guarantee that they're going to get drafted. I think both are borderline draft picks. Vincent, you, you know, he'll he'll have these moments where he shoots a gap, but then he's too easily moved in the run game. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, what are you exactly are you looking for from your defensive tackle? And later in the draft, how many options do you have? And so I, I think those guys are borderline draftable. Vincent's going to get a chance given the fact that his dad has the right. he has you know what i mean there's a hundred percent chance he's getting the benefit of the doubt somewhere right um, you can take that to the bank all right um we are a little bit ahead of the game here but it's ohio state so i know dane has some knowledge on this when you look at next year mm-hmm. and you look at the buckeyes that are on there it's going to be very interesting you no know, a couple of years ago they went to they started a freshman quarterback and a freshman tailback and C.J. Stroud and Trayvon Henderson, but with super veteran receivers. And they're going to do the same again this year. They're going to start a quarterback who's never started before, but you're going to give him two first-round wide receivers, in my opinion. You can discuss that if you don't think so in a Mecca, Ekbuka. I think Marvin Harrison, I can't think of any receiver I've seen in college football that going into his final year of college was thought of higher. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh, Randy Moss had some off-the-field stuff. 
And uh, Marvin has zero of that. He is a fine human being. And then you've got some other guys on there that are that are very, very interesting. But you got a tight end and Kate Stover who's coming back. Uh, Julian Fleming hasn't announced yet, and we expect him to probably be back. So very interesting for next year. Then you've also got guys like JT Tuamolau who will come out, hopefully. Um, we'll play well enough for that and go from there. Obviously, you can start with Marvin, but just a general sense of the Buckeyes, knowing that you have a keen eye on this. Keep in mind, people, Dane Brugler is a Warren, Ohio native who was living in the fine state of Texas, but when it came time to raise his children, he knew where they needed to be. So go, Dane. I mean, it's funny going back to September and when I tweeted that Marvin Harrison would be the easy wide receiver one in this class, um, and the responses are just, you know, oh, he's not even wide receiver one on his own team, and no way, and I'll, and I'm just, come on, guys, like this guy is special. And then as the season went on, more and more people, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right, this guy is, this guy's just different. Uh, Marvin Harrison, he would be the easy uh, wide receiver one in this draft class, be a top five pick. Uh, hopefully he just stays healthy next year. Yep. Um, you know, that's just uh, with the new quarterback, you know, you know, not sure what the production's going to look like, but he is a special, special player who I'm sure will pick apart and, you know, uh, it will go through all that, but we'll save it for next year. Um, when I watched Ibuka, I haven't, I haven't studied him yet, but when I watched him, I didn't, I didn't necessarily, you know, see a first round player, but um, I, I saw a good player, a guy who's going to be a pro and, you know, he's just a reliable dude. So, you know, I'm eager to study him this summer. Um, Tommy Eichenberg surprised me coming back a little bit. I thought he might test the waters. I, I if he came out, he, I think he would have been a top 100 pick. Um, you know, he's just a really good run defender, run blitzer. Um, the key read flow skills are outstanding. Consistent. Uh, yeah, just a really, really consistent guy. And uh, coverage, you know, that's one area where he needs to get better. And so, uh, glad he did go back because I think he could be even higher next year. Um, <laughs> we'll see what they do on the offensive line with, uh, you know, at the tackle spots and at center. Um, yeah, that's going to be a really interesting. I like that left guard that the, yeah. who's was at, uh, Donovan uh, Jackson. Yeah. I, I liked him. Um, I, I think no, he's, he's all American. He's a, yeah. he's, a, he's a, I'm not saying first round pick, but in terms of career interior guy, he's one of the better ones they've had. I, I'm really eager to see what he looks like next year. Cause I think he has a chance to be a really good player. Yep. Uh, Kate Stover. Yeah. I think that yeah. an injury, you know, kind of, he was on the fence about coming out and I think that injury kind of decided it for him, but uh, he's a guy that if he, be, if just some of those uh, plays at the catch point, he finishes, um, you know, I, I, I think he has a chance to, uh, you know, cement himself as a, as a day two pick. Yeah. Stover's a guy, when I watch the NFL, he might be a better fit in the NFL than he actually is in mm -hmm. College, he's kind of your jack of all trades guy. And here's the thing about Eichenberg and Stover, and you know this: they're the when you ask that question about who ends up in the locker room if there's a right. free for all, the roommates are walking out together. I've been told. Yeah. Uh, God knows I wouldn't want to be in there. Yeah. I've been taking I, I, some. Trip. I believe it. I believe it. So, what? Give us an idea of how you see the of the process from now until the draft. Everyone goes just for the general people. You got your visits. And how do you do your rankings? So when, when are your bench post marks here going forward up until the day? Well, most of the hay is in the barn at this part, at this That's point in the process, because, you know, it's a, all the college football season's over. Um, now I still have more tape to watch. You know, I can't get through uh, all the tape that I want to on each player uh, at this point. So I'm still watching tape on these players and that'll make the rankings fluctuate a little bit. Uh, but then being able to see these guys up close and personal and talk to them at the senior bowl and combine, 
that does change things a little bit. It's not necessarily, oh, this guy ran a fast 40, let's bump him up. It's more um, talking to him and then talking to other people um, in Indianapolis. Um, and, you know, because I'm I'm one guy, I'm not a scouting department. And so, you know, some of these guys, uh, you know, it's just a matter of needing the, every day throughout the process to learn as much as possible about them. Um, and, and that will that will change things. So um, it, it's, uh, it's going to be another interesting draft class. Ohio State's got a lot of dudes. They're going to be one of the most well-represented teams, uh, college teams this year in terms of draft picks, just like they are almost every year. So no surprise there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many Buckeyes end up in the first round. Um, you know, I think, you know, CJ Stroud, Paris Johnson, uh, good bets to go very high in the first round, but then, you know, Smith and Jigba, is he able to sneak in there? Uh, you know, you mentioned Zach Harrison, you never know, can't rule it out. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how high some of these Buckeyes end up going couple things one if jackson smith and jigma gets past pick number 26 you will see me on a ledge out where there'll be cameras cowboys pick 26 fire engines with the big thing for me to jump in (laughs) because i will be on the ledge and just furious beyond words you can research who picks 26 Mm -hmm. finally dane i'm legally obligated to ask you who will win the nfc and afc championship game and then win the super bowl I, I mean, it's hard to bet against uh, against Joe, you know, and, and the way he's been playing, the fact that Patrick Mahomes is not 100%. Um, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Um, and then Jalen Hurts, uh, I'm not betting against him. Um, the guy just continues to go out there and produce. He's locked in. Uh, I think we're going to see a Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl. And? Oh, I got to pick that one, huh? Uh I'll, I'll give the edge to uh, the Ohio team, the team that uh, was there uh, last year, you know, so, you know, they've got the experience and, you know, they're, they're locked in, to, you know, get, get it done this year. That would be incredible. And uh, Joe Burrow's legend would only increase. I had a discussion uh-huh. about this the other day on the board. Someone said, Joe Burrow is not a legend. And I said, <laughs> ask someone from LSU what they think of him. And ask someone from the Bengals what they think of him. I think you yeah. can make an argument that he's the greatest player at LSU and he's the greatest player ever to play for the Bengals already. I know that's hyperbole, but that's what we do here. Yeah. The great Dane Brugler, ladies and gentlemen, he will be back before the draft. I say that out loud, so that can makes him commit. And uh, we appreciate everybody stopping by. Have a good one, Buckners. and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just $3.99 Ashley sleep mattresses starting at $2.50 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster Tempur-Pedic purple and Beautyrest black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details